Hello, ladies and ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 72 of the Jake This of Jake Johansson podcast. I'm Jake Johansson, and you are you. And so now that we've got that straight, let me just say again, hello. Uh, Yeah, this is episode 72. Sometimes I think, why am I numbering these? I put a bonus one in there, so really by some counts there might be one more episode than not. I think I'm only numbering so so I can keep them straight if later I have to say, oh, you know, remember way back in episode whatever? Um, And remember way back in episode whatever, you might say, remember Greg Barrett. He was on the phone a couple of episodes, several episodes ago. I don't know who's counting. I am, and what good is it? I can't remember what number that was. Well, Greg Barrett is back this week as my guest, and I'm going to get to that conversation that I had with him in just a moment. But first, I'm telling you where I'm going this week, as this episode is coming out on a Tuesday before Thanksgiving. Uh, the day after Thanksgiving, Friday, November 29th through December 1st, that's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I'm going to be in Fort Lauderdale, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, at the Hollywood... Uh, Seminole Improv Hard Rock Casino, and that makes sense if you live near there, so come on out to the Improv in uh, Hollywood, Florida at the Hard Rock Seminole, yes, that's where I'm going to be, and I'm going to be back back there again someday, but why wait until then, come this time and see me do my big show, we're going to have some fun, it's going to be after Thanksgiving, let's face it, you're sick of your family, and if you don't live in Florida, you're saying, well, I don't live in Florida, I live in uh, Cleveland, then I'm going to say to you, well, come out December five through eight, because I'm going to be in Cleveland at Hilarities inside of Pickwick and Frolic doing uh, a TV taping for my next television, televised, hopefully it's going to be on television, who cares about television nowadays, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to be able to watch this shit on your phone. I'm doing my next comedy special at Hilarities December five through eight, and the taping night is Saturday, and that's the seventh, in case you're keeping score at home. I've commissioned a painting to stand in front of, and uh, I've picked out an outfit. So please do me a favor and show up for that if you can. And if you can't, I totally get it. And you'll be able to watch it on your phone someday, or your iPad, or your computer, your laptop, your uh, whatever device they have. You'll probably be able to watch it on your wrist or your toothbrush by, by the time uh, by the time you're old. By the, time you're, by the time you're old, you'll be watching TV on the inside of your eyelids. Uh, and so that's why I'm making that new special up there in Hilarity. So come on out, check it out. Thank you. That's I'm the sponsor of the show, and those are the things that I'm doing. As always, you can find out more details at jakethis.com. I'm getting ready to post my gigs for next year. Right after the first of the year, I'm going to be at Gotham Comedy Club in New York City, if you're listening from New York City. And I know a lot of people are, because it's one of our big cities here in America. And if you're overseas, I can't wait to come and see you. I'm trying to work out a gig to come to Australia and New Zealand. I've got some in-laws coming here to visit from New Zealand soon. So I'm looking forward to seeing them. Um, And what else can I tell you? You know, I want to get to this conversation that I had with Greg Barrent, uh, who is terrific. He wrote a book called uh, She's Just Not That Into You. With, he co-wrote that book, and he co-wrote a new book called It's Just a Fucking Date that you can get on Amazon.com. So um, there, there's a plug for Greg right now. Or you can listen to his podcast, Walking the Room, that he does with Dave Anthony, or Vegas with Gregors, which is now coming out on SoundCloud. I'm going to try and help him to do that some other places as well. I, I can teach a person a thing if it's a thing that I know, and I do know that. Um I spent most of this morning talking to uh, another friend of mine, Kira Soltanovich, on her podcast, which is the Kira Soltanovich Show, and that's available wherever you can get podcasts about 
me talking to people. And I think that includes iTunes and holy cow, I don't even know where else Stitcher. Anyway, so check that out. I don't even know if that's out yet, but I'll tell you later how you can listen to that. But that's if you want to hear more of me talking that I did talking today, this day that I'm talking to you now, which is the day before this comes out and a couple days after I talked to Greg, you can listen to that conversation that I had with Kira. It was it was really a good time and I thought it was funny. Uh, we certainly laughed a lot. So check that out, the Kirill Sultanovich podcast. And uh, right now, please enjoy the conversation that I had with my friend Greg Barrett. This is him stopping by to kind of not give me a makeover, but he wanted to get some ideas about my wardrobe that he wanted to talk about. Unfortunately, or fortunately, it took us a while to get around to that, and so that's not the whole thing. It's it's more of a general conversation. We start off talking a little bit about the nuts and bolts of how I was recording that podcast, but that only lasts a couple of minutes, and then we get on with it. Um, and when we mention Will's podcast, that's the great Will Anderson from Australia. So I think I said Will's podcast, and Greg and I knew who we were talking about, but now you know, too. It's Will Anderson. He's got a great podcast, so check that out. It's called uh, Fofop. And uh, without further ado, let's get on with it. Here's Greg Barrett. It's turned on, and, yeah. and it's counting now. So it's on. I like that. It's funny. You never go to somebody's house and see the same setup ever. Well, Nobody has this. No one's running the same thing, right? No, and this is great. This thing is, it's an old um, Zoom H2. They make a newer version of it, but this one still is out there, and people do buy it. And it's got a mic on this side and a mic on that side. Makes sense. And you put it through a levelator after you talk into it, and it sounds all right. Yeah. Especially if you do it in here. That's That was that was the takeaway from for me doing your podcast. In the was, closet. Yeah, you got to get in a room where there's some shit around to yeah. keep sound from bouncing. Yeah. That was the thing that we got from a radio person. It was like, there's just, you got to, the reason radio sounds so good is it's in, you, that's why they're in those silent rooms. Yeah. Because nothing gets out. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and the thing is, I looked at that setup that you guys have that, that, you know, Dave told me about the mic with the omnidirectional, which is basically the same idea. It's the same thing. idea. And then that other little thing with a knob on it. Right. The Apogee knob. Yep. Um, but I couldn't really figure out exactly what that was, and it kind of seemed like it's expensive. And then I was listening to Will's other podcast when he had adopted that Apogee knob, and he was having so much trouble getting it to work. And I was like, "Look, can I, I just I need to be able to talk into a thing. I can, here's here's uh, here's here's what I can do. I can talk into this thing with you. Then I can take this thing and plug it into the computer yeah. and suck this from there." Then I can put, drag the thing from this, the file, into a software thing that turns into another thing. Then I can put it in GarageBand. I can put a little music in front of it. I can talk a little Jesus, bit, and is, then I can play this. Oh my God. See, I can't do any of it. That's why Dave does it. So my podcast, I say into my iPhone when I'm in bed it, on Tuesday or Wednesday nights, I say it right into SoundCloud now. It's the place where it will appear. I say it into that, and then I hit upload, and I put my little picture in it, and it's done. Uh -huh. And I got to tell you something. It sounds pretty good. I believe it. It sounds pretty it. good. That iPhone thing, I just hold it right next to my mouth. I mean, of course, I don't have that idiot shouting at me from across the thing telling me what an idiot I am for getting a mohawk. But Dave. Yeah, I love him. Been, I love Dave Anthony also. My best friends. But he is, uh, I mean, you guys, that was one of my favorite uh, 
days was coming over and being on your podcast because it's so it's a fun good vibe that you guys have going yeah it's nice it's like and it generally is the two of us being that's our friendship that's we get together once a week and we have our friendship on on the thing because we don't we wouldn't see each other otherwise well it is hard to it i i was listening to will talk on his new podcast so now we're getting around to where yeah. we were will right before we turned the machine on yeah. yes and so i was listening to his new podcast because i'm a fan of will's and a friend now a little bit mm-hmm. and uh and it and it's uh it's funny because people get a new... He was talking about the whole premise that you don't even have a conversation with people unless you're recording it to put it on the internet. That's, that's, <laughs> that's what he, it feels like that. That's what he it's said. It feels like that. And I've had some of the best conversations I've ever had with people recorded. It's almost... It's interesting. It's like... I, I don't know whether it, it, it hypes up your reality or you're kind of... A, you, you edit yourself because you don't want to bore the listener, but you're also not boring your the person who you're. I don't know. It's different. You try slightly harder. I mean, I feel a little like, bit. I feel like in doing my own one when I first started out, I was just talking to this friend of mine, Nigel. Some some of the early episodes of this, yes, were a little saggy. I mean, not I think, that they're still not saggy. It's, you know, it's no. First off, you have a, you have what is you have something called elegant sag, which is your saggy is still great. The the thing that I think is that um, elegant sag. Yeah. They, 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 Can I call yeah. my next special elegant sag? Please do. Okay. Please, I would be so proud to have that uh, um, to be a part of your next special. Um, that's so funny. I was just talking to somebody about doing a special. Why would I? Um, but, Why uh, wouldn't you? Well, because I don't. I'm 50. I don't know where. I don't know who. I guess. I. You know what? He said, "What is your goal? Do you think with this special?" I go, "Just have YouTube clips. That's it. So people come see me. That's a great That's goal. It. Just that is, YouTube. That clips. is an awesome goal. That's and it. Not, but not only will you achieve that goal, but you will also achieve archiving this material. So as you move beyond it, you won't feel as though. You're just a nothing thing that is right. ephemeral and just evaporated that is into true. the night. That is true, yeah. Um, I think because I think you know, the idea originally, well, you know, you've done specials yourself. You're like, it's got to be on television. It's going to be a thing. And they're going to like that. And it's like, maybe I just get a people to shoot something cool and we chop it up and put it on YouTube. Well, it, it depends on what it looks like. But you may also be able to get it on. You know, there's that quality of it. Doesn't, oh, yeah. You can shoot with a budget that you can come up with something that could be on TV. So, I think but so, But you too. have to decide that ahead of time a little bit. Although, you know, I just heard that Sarah Silverman's doing a special with 40 people and it's going to be on HBO. She did it. Yeah, she, she, they thought, this is great. I fucking love Sarah. I don't really know her. She's pretty cool. She's pretty she darn cool. She sounds great. I've heard yeah, her on so many podcasts. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen her and I'm sure I've shook hands just, with her and met her a couple I just times. got interviewed by her about, about her. I, I, uh, somebody was saying, was, there's an interesting article about this. He said, uh, is there a mainstream anymore? What does mainstream even mean? And I and he goes because Sarah's popular and she's not mainstream. And I go, I don't think it means anything. It just means to me, it's like when you reach maximum density of popularity. But it happens to mainstream artists as much as non-mainstream artists because the mainstream doesn't exist. It's just made of people, and people are all different. So Nirvana can be huge, and so can Celine Dion. That's been happening forever. But we like to we like to label mainstream as uncool. And then somehow cool things are like an anomaly. Well, a lot of uncool things uh, are popular, but a lot of Guns N' Roses was super was number one once, right? They, well, that's the thing. I feel like that's what I was going to say is you can be both. Like yeah. I was mainstream successful for a while, yeah. and now I feel like those people would still like me. But they've you know they've the the mainstream the big giant pop culture of what's really popular right now is like a flock of butterflies. You know, they, they fly around. <laughs> yeah, you can't too. really figure out what no. they're doing, but you can observe that they have a pattern to it. Yeah. But you don't you don't know how to attract the butterflies to you. But but I still have people who've been coming to my show for 
you know, years. Yes. And, and people bring their kid, like, we met at your show, or our first date was at your now, we, now here's our kid. Who's, yes. Who's at your show. Right, right. You know, so I still have that. So so you are you can have both of those things. Yes. Not and, one and, or the other. And people can say, I lost you, but now I found you. You mm-hmm. know, when, when I, you know, when we started, there wasn't, there was no way to find out about comedians. Now you can literally go, you know who I used to like, Greg Barron? And you Google, holy shit, he's still in business. I'm going to go see him. Or like I said, and I'm in the same, I, I'm in the same bracket as you are. I'm bringing my kids to see you. Or my dad, I get a lot of my dad used to really love you. He passed on, did he? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> you don't have that. I've had a few. I've had a few. You know. <laughs> my, my, my dad, dad relative passed on. Your friend. <laughs> yeah, I haven't, had, I haven't heard that one yet. But uh, holy cow. Well, I think... I think that also this is a time where people are just figuring out audience members, regular people who who enjoy going out to entertainment, are have to figure out and are figuring out. Look, you got to subscribe to the thing that you like. You have to if you like somebody, you know, you need to subscribe to their Twitter, their email list, right. or their podcast or something so that you know where they are. Because right. because everything is kind of cult following now. It, There's, yes, there there is the giant mainstream where mm-hmm. Beyonce and Jay Z live. Um, right, but then there's, but then there's also this. And they're other the only world. ones rich enough to buy newspaper ads, and but who's reading it? Right, it's like yeah, yeah, that's they, what I'm saying. They can buy right, they can buy ad space. You, you, you have to. You're right. You have to subscribe. That's really, that's really smart. That is actually true. But if you do subscribe, you might find that that artist that you like doesn't just make an annual record. They do a podcast. They blog. They yeah, do. Yeah. They have other facets of their career that you might also be interested in to keep you engaged. Right. You know, so, vague stories with Gregors is for that just tiny infinitesimal group of people that just would prefer a little bit more of me without Dave, or maybe I can talk about the band without being yelled at or, or sweaters. You know what I mean? It's like just that your small. Two, it's your two minute podcast that you do in your bed. Yeah, that's and it. It's called Vague Stories with Greg. It's yeah, Vague Stories with Greg Barron. But I think I'm going to change it to Vegas with Gregors and just make it simple because that's what I say when I do it. And it and it uh, and it's on SoundCloud and that's it. And I'm not going to try and put it a bunch of other different places. I'm not going. It doesn't have to be an all things comedy. I was just about to try and encourage you to put it other places. You think so? Well, yes. I was. I don't want to go too far down yeah. the, the yeah, yeah, tech got, talk part. Right. But I was talking to the, the guy, the guy Rob from Libsyn. Yeah. And he was telling me about an app that I already had, um, where you can do your podcast on this app it's called boss jock either with an uh, an external knife mic that makes it sound better or just with the app the mic on the phone right you can do little tags and stuff and you can upload it right out of the app on your phone from boss jock to libsyn and it posts as a podcast on libsyn so it's gonna happen next week you can do that my whole thing now yeah i'm gonna go get that as soon as we is later on i'm gonna go get that app boss jock i don't even care if you gotta pay for it yeah, you know what's so funny when you have to pay for you something? Have to pay for it. That cracks me up like when you have to pay for something. Like, I don't know if I get I don't know if I have a dollar ninety nine. It's insane. Like even paying for apps is like even like I think they're gonna get you eventually where everything isn't gonna be for free on the internet anymore. It's gonna change around, but the prices are gonna be low enough that you're gonna like oh, I, yeah. That's what I think too. I think that all of these uh big record movie company network uh, entities who mm-hmm. are complaining about piracy are really complaining like we can't make a crushing profit on everything we do anymore. That's right. You know, like, look, if if I have to buy The Walking <laughs> right. Dead, if I subscribe to The Walking Dead and it costs $40 for the season, and that's the same price that you're charging me for a box of plastic discs with a fake rubber knife in it, <laughs> then, then I, I'm calling bullshit on that. If you sell me the season of Walking Dead for $6, yeah. 
uh, you know, everybody's yeah. going to buy it. And so many more people are going to try it. And the other thing is, no, that's absolutely true. And the other thing is, most people, I guarantee you, 80% of people that don't buy things are like, I just don't feel like putting all that credit card information in right now. I don't want to fill out that form. As soon as you have an idea, like with PayPal. Like when I can do something with PayPal, I'm like PayPal, PayPal, and, and then I'll just buy. Because you have to give your credit card to PayPal. Yeah, but credit. But I also have money in PayPal. I earn money and I put it in PayPal. So like Greg Barron's Uncool, all my money goes into PayPal. So I have. What is Greg Barron's Uncool? That was my first album. That's my first okay. album. So I I have a I have a thing called Original Uncool where I re-release that first record with some new material on it because people mm-hmm. really liked it. Um, so. I have, you know, maybe a couple grand just sitting in there, just randomly sitting. Mm-hmm. So if I go to if I go to eBay or Amazon or something like that, and I just pay with PayPal, bam, and there's no filling out the credit card, it's already in there, mm-hmm. and there's no hassle. As soon as it's one click away, everyone's gonna make money again because people are gonna go. I didn't yeah. have to, you know. And a lot of people, I'm afraid about putting my credit card thing up on the internet. I'm like, it's in a, you're giving it to someone in a store. The numbers printed on the... Yeah, that's really what you should be afraid. You should be less afraid of the Internet. If it's like Amazon.com right. or iTunes or some giant business entity, you should be less afraid of that than handing your credit card at a restaurant yeah. to to a college student, waiter. You know, they've already uncovered scams. Yeah. Those, those people... Are sti- before they put your card through the restaurant's reader, they stick it into their reader right. that they hand to some former Soviet bloc guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And here's three pieces of paper with your credit card number on it also and your signature. Like, it's, yeah. So I, I don't, I, I'm, I've, I'm really bad at, like, I don't care if Big Brother's watching me. He must be bored as fuck. If Big like, Brother's I don't, yeah, Here's I what don't I keep care. saying. Is, Big Brother, if you're watching, I have a podcast. <laughs> I've got a podcast. <laughs> if you could subscribe to my Twitter, you really are. It's silly for you to waste your time on no, my phone. Come because, to my shows. Yeah. Come over. I can come right up to me. Yeah. I'll answer almost I, every question. I'm not afraid. I've got nothing to hide that isn't anything that other people aren't also embarrassed yeah. of. Like, it's just, yeah, I'm not afraid of any of that stuff. Um, but I, I'm not crazy about it. I'm not crazy about the government surveillance, but I do kind of feel like you're dreaming if you don't think that everyone is trying to watch you all the time. Not, not people, but all businesses. They want to find where are you shopping? What'd you look at? You know, and I'm immune to it. My wife is like, what I hate is when I go on the internet and I've looked at some shoes for our daughter and then I'm, I'm just searching for something that I'm, I'm curious about in the news, and then there's ads for kids' shoes on the side, and I go, well, just ignore those. That's the <laughs> pretending that it knows you, and you go, you I'm don't know opposite. me. Not- I'm the opposite. I forgot that I was looking at Doc Martens the other day, and then I went to do something this morning, and the Doc Martens came up, and I'm like, right, I was going to ask for those for Christmas. Like... I, that it makes me laugh, you know, like, oh, Matt Nathanson's album came up because he's a friend of mine. I went to his website. Now his album's following me around the Internet. I don't give a shit. I don't care. It's like, the actual it's trying to help you. The Internet is really trying to help you. All those is, all people are trying to do is make a buck. That's really it. Nobody wants anything from you and the government. And if you're not a terrorist, what do you got to worry about? I mean, if you're well, if you're, wait, I, I, I do feel like the problem is that they abuse it, right? That's their pitches. If you're not a terrorist, what do you have to worry about? But the real problem is they start looking at your stuff, right. and you get into I, a misunderstanding yeah. with them, and then you can't straighten it out, and now all your neighbors think, well, they wouldn't be after him unless he was a terrorist. No, that that's absolutely true. I guess what I'm thinking is I say to myself, I'm not a terrorist, so I'm not worried. I, there's, Like I always say, if there are people in a van outside listening to Amira and I talk on the phone, one of them's going to hang themselves because we're fucking dull. Like, right. they're just going to go, I can't listen to this t- bullshit anymore. I'm done. I don't want to know if they're going to have chicken or not tonight. They're right. not They're not doing anything wrong. He has a yeah. weird haircut. That's it. Yeah. I don't... My, my 
I sort of have a problem because if you, if you, for example, are watching the news and they they say pressure cooker bomb, and you're like, what the, what's a pressure cooker bomb? So now you Google pressure cooker bomb, and they see you Google that, and they think, oh, now we got to keep an eye on him, and then you Google something else that is completely unrelated, but coincidentally makes to them you because they're stupid. It makes you look like a terrorist to them. And then and now it's right. all at once, hey, time out. Or you're a journalist and you're trying to look into these stories. So you're constantly looking up shit that make, also makes you look like a terrorist. Right, right, I mean, right. All, have you ever gotten into it with them at the airport where you're like, they they, they act like you're some kind of a jerk because you, you had something in your pocket, that you your keys, and you didn't know to take it out? Or, or it's like you make yeah. some comment like, I can't believe we have to get frisked. And, the guy, and they go, some people don't remember September 11th. I'm like, <laughs> hey. I'm just trying to fly. I'm a comedian. I'm not the guy. I get that you have to think that everybody's the guy. Yeah. But if you really knew what you were doing, you'd be able to look at my four million frequent flyer miles and see that I've been busting my ass to fly to do comedy shows around the country. I mean, if you really knew what you were doing, you would wave me through. Exactly. No, 100%. Like, I get... So sometimes, one time a woman, um, they were trying to hurry me as I was putting my clothes back on. They were like, yeah, no, you need to move your stuff. I go, this is your system, kid. I'm putting my clothes on here. You made this up. I didn't. So I'm putting my belt mm-hmm. on. I'm putting my jacket on right here. And I'll move my bucket when I feel like it. I didn't. You got me through. Here we are. Like, I, I, That's it, fair. It's I fair, feel like that's right? fair. It's like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not being a dick. But I, you know, uh, you invented me taking my clothes off. So I'm putting my clothes on right here. I don't want to walk 35 feet barefoot, you know, like... It's insane. And then you go to other countries or other places, you know, they're not that, you know, Canada, you don't have to yeah, take your shoes off. And other places, they're like, yeah, yeah, do you have anything metal? I don't I know. know. Come on it's, a, it's mostly a show to make everybody who's getting on the plane feel like they're doing something. No, m- most people, I guarantee you're like, I wanna, I'll fly with a fucking terrorist. Like, I'm, my time's up when it's up. This is, let's just go. Let's just go. Well, I feel like we're all, we're all in the TSA. I mean, somebody gets up and runs to the front of the plane. You don't think there's going to be like every dude on there is going to be let's we're going. Yeah. It's go time. Yeah. Grab them. We all yeah. know. And everybody wants to be a hero. So there's plenty of I think. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I, it's 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 very naive probably to say this, but I'm like they got a one off. They got those planes in order and they they fucking they we were not paying attention and we got fucked. We got hit. We were blindsided. You know, but now we're way too like. We're, th- I think th- this is where they want us. There's probably some other. You know, what I mean, they're coming to come from some whole other area now. I don't even want to talk about it if, because I'm worried that the government is actually listening and they're going to think that I'm part of a think tank to think about <laughs> oh ideas. Oh my god! Can I ask with you? With me on here, you are so safe as to not be confused for a think tank. Well, my thing that I'm scared of, I'm scared of that they're going to just start randomly shooting up Starbucks or McDonald's. I mean, people would be so freaked out. That would change the U.S. economy if tomorrow nobody went to Starbucks. Oh, my God. Yeah. Scared. No, that would, you yeah. Know. Right. Well, now you've just given them an idea. I told you that's, that's what I was I'm worried saying, about, yeah, and you yeah, told me yeah, it was okay to say it. I think people will they'll pass on this, and they go, well, Greg Barron's on there. That's just going to be. Yeah. It's okay. Just, they're gonna, he's just going to blab. Anyway, I just hope, I'm glad that that hasn't happened. But. Yeah. Oh, we were having a conversation earlier. Yes. Do you want to go back and fill about in? picking up the check? For yes, I was saying, I was telling Jake that uh, uh, I, which is me. Yeah, I have a, I have a, uh, and I'm Greg Barrett. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, would it be great if we just keep re- resetting for a show that makes no commercials, and they already know because they saw that. Yeah, title. it is. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, they already know. They read it. Believe me. <laughs> 
they're pretty stoked. Um, if they made it this far, they're listening to the whole thing. We have a famous friend, and I go out to dinner with him, and he's and uh, and uh, he picks up the check all the time, most of the time. And a lot of times people don't even make the reach. And so when we spend time with him, I always make the reach. And every once in a while, I'll just get up during the meal and go give my my credit card because he's already spent more money on me maybe than I have, than I have ever had. Like he, he's flown, they've flown his places and stuff like that. So I just feel like I got to, I got to, even if it's more money than I've ever paid for a meal, I feel like I got to pay the piper every once in a while. Every once in a while, I, because A, I know part of him feels like he's being used by his other friends that never pick up. They don't even make the reach. No, everyone just sits back in their chair. I feel like, though, the, it's hard to be both people in that situation if you're a decent person. You know, it's hard to be the successful guy, and it's also hard to be the lesser successful guy, which oh, yeah. that's who you are, and that's who I was. Because right. I had a friend. I love that we're not saying our famous friends, but I will right. tell you after this who yeah. my famous yeah, friend yeah. was for a little while. But it kind of couldn't work out eventually because of that imbalance. Because, you know, you can go to their house for dinner and, you know, they've got their kids and there's a person who's cooking their food and some other guy is, like, tuning up their snowmobile yeah. and, you know, right. taking their dogs on a vacation. and. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, and there's yeah. all these conversations that, that are about the daily workings of, and they live their lives with people helping them all the time. Right. And so then you can't say, hey, well, that was fun at your house when uh, your person cooked and made us some food and all that. Or we went to this party and there was a gift bag of a 25. Everybody got a twenty five dollar thing for Tiffany's, you know, and a Sunday paper and a bag of bagels. That was that was right. great. So uh, why don't you come to my house and I'll just, we'll just have bagels and cream cheese, and I don't have a staff. And Or, or <laughs> why don't we go out to a restaurant? You can't go out to a restaurant, really, unless it's a super fancy place, because everybody, they're going to get but stalked. Or I whatnot. think, well, the, here's the thing. They were all, maybe, they were all normal people once. You know, I, I think you can grow into that kind of living really quickly. You can, like, once you have money, you sort of grow into that stuff because you buy a piece of property that's too big to maintain for yourself because you can. You got to put your money somewhere, and then suddenly you've got kids, and then you've got, but but you also, you must work. Somebody must work hard, so you end up with a nanny, and you end up with another person, and then shit, wouldn't it be great if someone just fucking, because we both are working, we'll come home and make a meal. Like, that thing can happen really, but you It's already to to, happening to, but, to me, a little, to you, probably. You have somebody clean your house, right? No, nope, not anymore. We got rid of them, and a we did. Helper? Really? We got rid of them. We do a thing now where, where uh, like, we had someone come in and do a deep clean. I, there are things I started going, I am home, and I know how to mop. I yeah. Why am I not doing this? This is a lot of money. So we got rid of our housekeeper. We have a gardener, for sure, because I don't know how to trim trees and shit, and, I like to, and I'm not good around yeah, sharp yeah. things. And that's once a week, and it's not very expensive. And we don't even have a pool guy. We have a thing that cleans the pool, and I skim it, and Amira fucking skims it. And we just, you know, we have a pool. Everyone in Los Angeles has a pool. It's not even that fancy of a thing. Uh, here we have ocean. an ocean. We just we have, have an the ocean. ocean. Right. I would kill and I don't this. clean it. I, would I don't clean that thing. Does. Just Ted Danson walking up and down, doing the best he can. <laughs> I mean, I take it back. My wife does. We go pick up some stuff every couple times a year. I mean, it's, but, it's but, a... Uh, yeah, but anyway. It's, yeah, but it's... So it's... So you've gone backwards. You've, backwards. you've said, I'm getting rid of that. Uh, yeah, 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 because I felt like it's a waste of money. And also, what am I doing? And also, I don't... I started to learn things about my home as soon as I started cleaning it. Like, wow, the baseboards haven't been painted in a while. And, 
oh, that's where that is. And like, oh, my God, nobody dusts on the top. Like, I can see dust now. So I'm like. The house cleaner is... only goes to like six inches above their eye level. And yeah. they're not. They're, they're people from another country who aren't, didn't get the same nutrients yeah. as us. And they're not, you, you need a seven foot tall you guy. Do. If you have house. a fan, look on the top of it. It will fucking destroy you. It's just disgusting. Like a uh-huh. ceiling fan will. So anyway, point is, is that like I can see how people grow into those positions. But at the end of the day. I don't want to ever be seen not carrying my pulling my. You want weight. to pull your weight. I want to pull my weight. But but from their point of view, also, it's like they they I think at some point realize, look, if I want to do all the fun things that I can do now because I'm successful, if I want to have a house here and a house there and go skiing and you know scuba diving and rent horses and ride on the beach, if I want to do all that stuff with my friends, who who are friends who. Yeah, sure. No, no, it's not like you have a whole team of 10 guys and you will all become that successful. If I want to take those friends, if I don't want to just make new friends who are rich, then I got to pay. I have to pay for them. You know what right. I mean? No, that's totally true. And and also sometimes you're like, I'm doing something like, like I didn't offer to drop the card when we all went ATVing, right? Mm-hmm. Where we all, where he got seven ATVs and then, and then when we got into the middle of the forest, there was a meal set up. I didn't offer the card that day. That was the thing? Oh yeah. That sounds good. We went to all over Hawaii, and we went. Um, oh, I'll just say who it is. My fucking friend. It's Ben Stiller. And so we went to the set of where they shot Tropic Thunder, and he had ATVs, which he likes to ride. And mm-hmm. we rode and rode and rode and rode and rode and rode and rode. I almost got killed. And then we stopped. There was a middle. There was a tent set up, and there was food. And then we went to the top of this hill, and then we all went down it. Um, what's that thing? Zip line. Zip lining. Down and then we yeah. like that, and he just put this day on like he was like, like that was something was that he a wanted thing to that do. Everybody does, or did he just invent it for that day? And then they took down the yep. zip lines. No, the, no, the zip lines were already up, but he yeah. he sort of created the day, and it's also because he that's what he does with his money. Like, and it was, his, great, great. It was his it was his wife's uh, birthday, and he'd done this nice thing for us. He took us yeah. on this thing, and he does that with his friends. So I. I it sounds like a dumb. great day, and you be, and you got to go, right. but you can't pay your share of that. Right. Right. But we all go to we all go to the Mexican restaurant that night. I dropped the card. Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. Now, that's still more money than I normally would ever spend on a meal. It's a lot of money, but I think it might even be more than I make in the clubs. But I'm happy to, like, go, hey, I also work, and I do this for a living, and I don't want to be seen not carrying You try and be – And I also, I, also, I, also, I also yeah, – I feel good when I do that. Mm-hmm. I feel like, hey, okay, I can't take everyone ATVing, but I do make money, and I do work hard, and I don't want to mm-hmm. be, you know – um, but I know what you're saying. There's certain things where you go, well, I don't even know how to – the entry fee to this is too expensive. I can't compete. Well, and and then you kind of I, – I sort of felt like I couldn't – it made me – started to make me feel – You know what I've never we, said? Let me get the private jet. I sort of – I felt bad. I felt bad on a – like on behalf of the other person because they were paying all the time. And then on behalf of myself, it was like some things you just don't want to see. Like when you realize that there is this whole other – level of life on earth that you're never going to like the only way you can go there is to be a guest of someone else like i went to the dodger game with a friend who had these tickets from his law firm and you sit right down behind home plate and there's a waiter that comes and brings you your your food and 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 it's all hot dogs and burgers and whatever you want is included or you can go down underneath and there's a buffet of this other food and it's like ridiculous it's it's like there is an alice in wonderland like we're all in the let's work and let's let's do our job and let's kind of get by i gotta figure out my health insurance right and they're living in the world of like turn to your left and talk to the lady and she brings you a sandwich no it's i would say i called it the fame tunnel once i'm like you just you know you breeze past kanye in the fame tunnel and you both say to each other hey man i know what you 
know what I mean? Like why those people spend time together is also because they live in a reality that only they and Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt and all those people understand by no fault of their own and only because those people make corporations a shit ton of money. You know, Ben Stiller makes a lot of people money. Also, when he goes to work to make a movie, thousands of people go to work. Right. So, you know, people forget about that end of it. It's like when Ben decides to make a movie and the studio says, okay, like maybe not when he makes Walter Mitty, which is his passion piece and, and the studio doesn't want to give him enough money and blah, blah, blah. But when he goes to make uh, Night in the Museum 3 and just make that, that overseas money that's just going to fucking come rolling in. Right. And he still only gets a portion of it. Right. Well, that's the other thing. Yeah. Right. He's he's, so, he's at this level that we can't understand. Yeah. And then there's those corporate guys that are at the level above him. The secret, the guys who you don't even know. Every once in a while you see one of those guys like Mark Cuban or something. But mostly those yes. guys are like secret, these secret rich guys. Or you hear your name in the paper, but you don't even understand their no, lives. They, because they they're, they're not, you never run into them at the airport because they don't go to the part of the airport that you go to. Or the airport that you go to. They don't go to the airport. Right. They don't even go to the airport. Like, you rarely even see famous people in first class anymore. It's like, because they just go, well, I could, at this point, I could just charter a jet. And then you ride on a jet. You know, whatever. I mean... I hear they're putting in a, a series I, of pneumatic tubes, I asked, like, at the department store. We used to go to Hawaii. You just get in that tube <laughs> oh and, just, boom, and you wind up in Hawaii. I was in Arizona, and Chris Fairbanks, who's a... Do you know Chris? Great comic. Really funny guy. Do you know him? I don't think I do. Anyway, he's fantastic. And he was there opening for Tosh. And I said, hey, let's get together afterwards. I don't know Tosh at all. And he goes, I can't. We're leaving right afterwards. And I and I, he goes, yeah, we're, no, he goes, we're flying out like right after the show. He goes, Tosh likes, likes to leave right away. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I realized, oh, fuck, Tosh is taking a jet. Yeah. He's taking a jet. I mean, that's I'm not putting Tosh down. I'm saying, oh, wow, that's the kind of money he makes, that he's taking a jet It's a private of- jet. It's a private jet. Well, some, a jet. Some people, I think, make that move, just like some people get the um, the BMW when they're still living in an apartment. You know, they, they right. Some people make that move too early. Well, that's the thing. And so they, you can't really always tell, like, oh, somebody's taking a private. I'm not saying this about Daniel because I know him a little bit and I have no idea about his personal finances. But I do know that yeah. there's people out there who, you know, who make the Mike Tyson mistake. It's just like I got millions of dollars yeah. and I'm going to buy five mansions. It's going to be gold plated soap. <laughs> I mean, but that's the thing. That's the trap people get caught in here. That's the problem. Everybody goes on the ride every once in a while. Everyone has a friend that's that guy. Everybody here in town gets to go on that ride or, or they have a friend of a friend and they have that moment and they see that and then they think that's what you're supposed to have. And what I've realized here is that um, a, I need less. I, I, you know, I had a moment where I had more money than I've ever seen, more money than my dad made in a lifetime, and it just, you know, just this one quick hot moment, and, um, and it went away very quickly. And so we got caught a little bit in the like, well, we can afford this house. We should put the money here. And then mm-hmm. Amir and I were working on this talk show together, so we had three cars because we. Both came and left at different times, but then the, we had kids, and the nannies had nothing to drive, so we got this extra van. Like, we started to get in that world where where mm-hmm. we did have the money for that and whatever. But then the talk show got canceled, and things just changed very quickly. And then the economy crashed, and we bought our house at the wrong time, even though we did it sensibly, and we don't have any debt and whatever, blah, blah, blah. But the point is, like, you get caught in this needing of things once you have this money because everybody's sort of like, well, you got to do this, and you are you are that busy. You, you're that who, busy, but but there are a lot know, of people who tell you you need things that you don't really you don't. need. You don't, and uh, and there are a lot of there's a lot of bad advice out there as far as how, how to handle your money and how to budget your time and how to live your life. And I mean the the whole 
the classic mistake in show business, which is, I think, the classic mistake generally everywhere else, is to assume that you're going to always make every year what you made this year. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's what people think. Yeah, or more. Or that's how they act like. And so, you know, if all at once you got a mortgage that's $10,000 a month on your million-dollar house and you don't have a job. No, exactly. And you're like, how's, how am I going to, how's this going to work out? And then, and then the other thing is you, the other thing is you get used to this lifestyle because people hand it to you. And then when it's taken away, do you maintain it? So I never didn't fly anywhere first class and I never didn't stay in a four or five star hotel. Like when I was doing all the book stuff, right. You know, like, mm-hmm. you, know, I, you know, all the publishers and everybody would put me on the shows and stuff like that would fly me out, blah, 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 blah. Right. Well, then all that ended. And, you know, then the clubs were like, we're only giving you enough money for coach. And then you're like, oh, I'm back in coach. You know what I mean? There, there is an yeah. honest, genuine attack. Like, I'd love to pretend I was above that. But I had a, like, oh. It's, and because I felt like, oh, I'm saying it's over. And now I'm like, I don't give a shit. I'd go coach now if I had first class money. Because flying doesn't mean that much to me unless I accrued the miles. I'll always go, can I get an upgrade? But I'm not going to pay for it. I'm not going to hand over, you know what I mean? Just so that I can be there. Because headphones and the TVs now that they have in planes. And the food, it's not really worth it. I do like sometimes when you're going cross country, all the way across country on a little bit bigger plane, they give you the, uh, it's it's like an iPad, but it's a Samsung thing. And it's full of movies. Yes. That that is pretty sweet. That stuff's pretty great. But to the... um, the food is not – I mean, uh, the way I play the game is uh, I get paid for first-class tickets sometimes for corporate gigs. And yes. so I do it because it's like, look, I'm telling them I need that oh, ticket, yeah. so I I, oh, yeah. I buy that ticket with that oh, money. Yeah. And then I fly enough that I've got I've – got, I'm the – front of the line to get upgraded and if i get upgraded i don't have to pay anything so so most of the time i get it but oftentimes i don't and sometimes like this last flight back from chicago for the show yeah i the we were on the plane i was in first class and then we went back to the gate and they put me on another flight and i was in coach i was like well at least i'm gonna make it home in time for the show and i'm in coach i'm in my seat i'm talking about the weather to this guy they're about to close the door and this lady comes up to me goes mr johansson um i'm gonna sit there and here's your ticket for first class and i got to go out to the front so there's those moments of that's nice you have those moments of like i've been i don't have to row the fucking galley (laughs) i get to bang the drum this time right right i mean it's it's that there's a um but you, it, I, the part of it is you in, in your brain. You're like, I'm, I'm not maintaining the lifestyle that I had. I'm, I'm slipping. And then there's a part of you that's like, well, now that now that I've had this sort of <clears throat> this sort of reality check, it's like I, we can do without a housekeeper. I don't know. We don't need a housekeeper. I like to clean the house. I got. I'm a stand up, so I have these weird things of time of like. We, you know, at one point we had someone helping us walk the dogs, and I'm like, I run the dogs every day. But I'm, I take the dogs mm-hmm. out every night and I run them. We go, all three of us go for a run, and I'm like, there's just things that I stopped doing. I don't know, or things I didn't even think about doing that I'm like, oh, if I make money again, I'm going to do it a lot differently. You know? Yeah. Well, you kind of tr- you open the faucet a little slower, and you and you and you're faster to to then clamp it back down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so you got to kind of see where you at, where you're at. But that's that's to me the whole thing about uh having a career that's like that. You know, some people have that career where they blow up and they're just big all the time. Right. And some people blow up and then they get a little smaller and then they blow up again yep. a little bit and then they get a little smaller. So you're constantly sh- shifting gears between I have to take every gig that I get and I have to start turning down some gigs because my marriage is my 
marriage and my family are important and I'm away too much. Yes. And I can't, I can't go get all the money that's on the table. Right. You know, so the shifting gears back and forth from that kind of stuff. Yeah. And the, these, these other side decisions that happen, I mean, that's to me is the whole trick of it. And it's all about the reality of life is like, sometimes you eat the bear and sometimes the bear eats you. Oh my God. You know, I mean, you said it. I mean, you said a mouthful. It was I, a lot of talking. I, I got tired. Toward the end of that, I was like, this is abusive. To have a guest, have a <laughs> no, guest on and then talk. No, but I was, in, I was in. I was listening. I, I, I completely agree. I mean, these are luxurious problems to have. You know, mm-hmm. I have a I have a fucking spectacular life that I've been handed, and I I I I, I, I and I love all of it. And, you know, but I definitely got caught in that thing for a moment where I just didn't know my head from I just didn't know what was going on. I didn't know how it was going to happen, and it wasn't something I'd prepared myself for. You know, you don't nobody prepares themselves for it. It just happens. You know, it's like one minute somebody's something, and then they're just something else. You know, even Louis C.K. had this you know trajectory that was he was always doing well and going up, and then he just went to. The booster rockets went on. You it was know? such a slow build, and and at, at right. any moment up until his kind of huge Louis C.K. is the most famous comedian in the world. Right, uh, right up until that happened, he was a successful comic who was respected, who worked on a TV show, mm-hmm. and was now going out on the road, and people liked him, and he was building an audience. And then kapow, he's the be- he's the best guy ever. You can all right. go fuck yourselves. <laughs> right, you know, it was it was, but but that the sustained. The sustained level of of success that he had prior right. to that, there was nothing to sneeze at. But but it, that's a thing that most people think of, like, well, he wasn't successful, and then now he is successful. Oh my God, no, absolutely. Oh, I, your yeah, phone is blinking. Yeah, Do you have to? It. No, I don't have to. Okay. Um, I need but to make yeah, that is, that that to me is that you got to get your mind right about what success means, and you can't just accept the the standard definition just like people now have to subscribe to the thing they like they also get have to get used to um success there there are successful people that are not stars there are show business people who you can respect and really enjoy that's what this article was about sarah silverman was like she's successful you know i don't know she's like a she's not a megawatt star but she's got a solid decent career and she hasn't had to compromise much of what she's done she still does her stand up which can be very off putting to some people she still occupies a place in the world where she's cute but not a sex pot you know she's like she has a very specific thing right i mean she's yes and she's very successful i guess she's had her own show but she's not she's quite successful but i mean you can't really tell when i mean i can't tell sometimes when i look at somebody like sarah like am i do, does she have more money than me? Do I have more money than her? She's more famous than me right now, than than I. But maybe not more famous than I was at the time when I was at my most famous. And you know, you get on all these conversations that are ridiculous because success isn't about those things. No. Success is about your internal happiness. And right. you know, people always people always people in interviews like to ask that question, like, "What? Hey, Greg, what is your what was the what was the best thing? What was it? What was what's one of your favorite moments in your career?" And I would say playing the doll hut with the monarchs when we first started for like seven or eight people, which is a doll hut was a really cool punk club, roadside punk club in Anaheim that like, yeah. no doubt and all these other bands came up in. And I was like, this is this is all I want. This is genuinely all I want. Like, uh-huh. this is all I've been driving for. Like a, a non moment for anyone but me. I was I don't even think anyone else in the band was having that moment. Well, it doesn't like, matter. It, it doesn't matter. But right? if you're having that moment, and yeah. that really is your real, true answer, yes. and not something that you're saying. No, to I got be there's cool. pictures like, you really of it. Really believe that? No, there are pictures of it. Like I, there's a video of that night. Like there's a picture of it. I'm like, this is. 
I, this is all I've ever wanted to do was to to play in a band in a club that people know that's kind of fa- like I just this is all I've ever wanted to do and make music that I like that I wrote. That's well, so, exactly what I wanted to do. Like, so that's exactly the truth. And people will go, well, what about Oprah? I go, well, that was fun, but it was like a, um, it was just a thing that happened. You know, it was neat, but I hadn't been driving towards it. Right. You know, and with stand up, I sat down on a stool that you know, turned into a rocket. Right. <laughs> but with stand up, it's like, it's. I don't know that there's been a special or a um, TV appearance that was better than like certain nights at the Holy City Zoo or or Cobb's or. Or comedy works in Denver. Like, there's those singular nights where you go, "That's how I do that. That's exactly how I. That's exactly right." Where who you I feel am. that connection. It's a, yeah. it is to me. It's about that connection yeah. with human beings yeah. in, a, in a club. Yeah. But but uh, so my answer is always, you know, I usually list a few of the suspected things because people ask that question because right. they want to know. What, hey, was it this or was it that? And so I usually say, well, I got to be on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, and I've done right. Letterman 42 times, and I did this special that was widely acclaimed that was a great night. Yeah. I performed in Hong Kong and Ireland. I performed for the President of the United States at Ford Theater, where Lincoln was shot. <laughs> right. And uh, all those all those things were great, and I'm super glad that I got to do them, plus, yeah. plus you know, some hanging out with other successful people, things that were great. But uh, the best day of my career, and I think a lot of comedians would put this up there in their top ten at least, is the day you quit your day job. Yes. You know, when you go like, this is, I do this now. This is, this is my job. I am, I'm, I'm now officially a working artist and I make my living from doing my yep. art. Yep. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And as long as you can remember that. As long as you you can remember that that's true that you know your moment is the day you quit your day job or your moment is that you know when you got to do your show with your band at the Dollhouse yeah was it the Doll Doll Hut Doll Hut you you now can realize that you're never going to be a failure right I mean I think there's some truth I think you're right because it, it you you I, you visualize something and then it happens and you. I, like I just, I, it's hard to explain it. I, you know, I think sometimes when I tell my wife this, she's like, "But that's not the thing that makes us any money." That uh, I mean, I'm sure she's happy for me, but like I, I couldn't even explain it. I was like, "This is just, I guess this is what I've been." Dri- I didn't know that I was going to feel that way when it happened. I was just like, "This is clearly mm-hmm. what I've been driving for," because this is this feels like a sh- this is an old shirt. Like this is just amazing. And I, I've had on and offs with stand up because I never, I didn't grow up loving it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a fan. I wasn't a fan until I saw you. Truly thinking, oh, it's cool. I didn't think it was cool before that. I'm well, not you kidding can, you. Well, nowadays, especially people watch uh, watch uh, stand-up and they realize because alternative comedy has become mainstream comedy and we're all just comedians now. Yeah, from, it's all just comedy. From the the dirtiest, most edgy person to the, to the weirdest person wearing ballet tights who you can't tell if they're a man or a woman. Right, you know that that's all. We're all we're all on the same team. That's we're right. We're all in, in the same tent. But uh, yeah, back back in the day, it was it, it, it wasn't really you. You either had to succeed under the terms of the get make the drunk, angry people rednecks in the bar laugh, or get out, or or you're one of the few kind of weirdos who gets to be part of the freak show of comedy. Like uh, you know, I wouldn't say freak show, but I just saw emo. Last right. week, and and emo is great, and he was one of those guys. Like he gets to be an artist and a mainstream success, but there weren't many of those guys. Well, when you when you first came on the scene, like there was a there was like a character moment. There was the there was the Goldthwaites, and the, there was there was a mm-hmm. lot of like there was a lot of weird for weird. There was and I and I weird and also funny, but weird for weird's sake. And there were like you were like 
you know, there was a Tomcat and there was there was Emo and there was Judy Tenuta. Like everyone had a thing, like a shtick. These are all all examples of the best version of it. But of the there, best. But there were also the guy in the banana suits and, and yes, uh, you know, absolutely other kind of ridiculous yeah, yeah, yeah. bad right. versions of it. Right. Kinnison was his, was a Dice Clay was a thing. That's a character. That's not that guy. That's a, that right. was, those were real characters. But you, to me, were like in the middle where I was like, you have your own thing. You're definitely not mainstream, but you're also like, that's pretty genuine. Like that, you seem like you're a guy from where you're from, and this doesn't seem like a put on. This seems, these are real stories. You know what I mean? I mean, some of the early stuff, obviously, yeah, your, yeah. Dad, your dad didn't, the phone thing, he didn't get to be. There. He didn't get to be the mayor from calling, being no, the fifth uh, caller. No. But the funny thing to me is, I feel like, yeah, Rick Overton introduced me one time, which I only repeat it because it made me feel so good and not, and so then sort of to secondhand brag. But he said, you know, this next comedian invented a style of comedy. And it made me feel really good to hear him say that. And I kind of feel like, yeah, I did. I was just doing being myself. And I feel like I still kind of am that evolved version of that same. Yeah, well, you can't stay in the same place, otherwise people won't. But you also can't go too far away from it. It's funny because now we're heading into what we were going to do when we got here. But first I want to talk about, uh, you know, we did this show, this Benefit for My Kids school show that that you were so so nice enough to be on. It was really a fun night. And people loved you, man. They they could totally relate to the... The chain wallet. The whole thing about I'm an older guy who wants to rock. And I had so many people come up to me and go, like, that guy, that's how I feel. (laughs) I know. Well, um, you know, I knew we were in that. I knew that was right in the zone. But with the guy who's the wife of the woman who really kind of did the nuts and bolts of the production, mm-hmm. or the guy who's the husband of the woman who did the nuts and bolts productions, we're, we're talking afterwards, and he goes, "You know, you're so your thing is you're like this generic white guy." Oh my God. <laughs> I was oh like, my God. I was like, Ooh. yeah, you know, right. like I get that that's kind of how it seems to you right now. Yeah. But to sum up the 32 years of my career <laughs> as that oh my God. is such a brutal, like, wow, I did not know you were taking a full swing at my balls right Oh, my now. God, dude. That, <laughs> that's so funny. But, and, I, and, and he so, didn't realize that he was, you know, he, 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 oh thought, no. he thought, hey, we're having a conversation about you. Oh, no. I'll never forget. One night I was sitting, it was, a, it was an amazing show, and I got fired from the improvs afterwards because I was partying too much. But it was me and Garofalo and Brian Regan. And this guy comes up and he goes, you, dude, are a ball of fire, man. When, I, when you're up there, man, you're like screaming shit. I don't know what's going on. This girl makes me think. He points at Janine. She's a thing. Like, this is like, man, I'm working. And when I see this guy, I'm like, this shit is so dumb. It's just plain old dumb. Just dumb, stupid stuff. And he just was just tearing Regan's act apart. Well, Regan is great. But he's well, like, he goes, a- he goes, I don't even think I should be laughing at it. It's so like, oh, my God. Who wrote? It's like you're not. If you wrote your jokes down, they wouldn't be funny. And I was like, dude, you got to, Janine goes, you got to leave the table right now. And Regan didn't care, but you know what well, I mean? Well, because, because it's such a kind of a layman's right. he wasn't, in, insulting I don't think he, take, but he means it He means it like, just like, I need to break it down. I need to put a label on it or yes. identify it. It's almost like he was saying, what you're doing is magical because I'm not supposed to like you and you're killing me. That's what he was sort of saying to him. This stuff doesn't sound like jokes and I'm dying, but he wasn't saying it in the nicest way. Yeah. You know, he was just, he's the guy who walks up to Picasso and goes, hey, it's the, the people's heads are like triangles. That's amazing. A baby could do oh that. Oh, my God. I have crayons, too. <laughs> he's, just, he's just like, look at that. That's amazing. Um, but I'm sure Picasso freed up a lot of people. I'm sure Picasso made people go, 
Oh, yeah. wow. So maybe that thing I am doing is cool. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm not trying to put myself in, in that super artistic category, but I, but I'm saying that I'm fight, you, you fight this kind of idea that people have that, 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 you know, unless, unless you're something that's like, they can't, they've never seen anything like it before. You're just a talking guy. So you're yeah. just a talking guy. You're white. just a talking guy. You're a no, talking totally. white guy? Yeah. You're a white guy who talks, right? right. That's exactly it. That's why, yeah. I, that, I think that was part of also why I always wanted to be in a band because I was like, there's so many white guys doing stand-up. You know what I mean? And I, I had a very specific idea of the kind of band I wanted to be in and I knew that there wouldn't be a handful of them around and I knew that it would be different and I knew that it wouldn't be popular. But I knew it was something that so I wanted to do. So say it because you like to say it. Well, it's a surf punk reggae ska band that plays yeah. instrumental music. But the, um, uh, Surf punk reggae but the thing, but, the, but I would say to you is my, was my point exactly when I saw you at was my point exactly when I saw you at um, uh, Largo. Podfest. No, we did Largo. Was that when the, the first time you said the suit thing to me? That's when I thought it, and yeah. I told Dave outside. I was like, you know, he's just dressing like a regular white guy, and he's never been a regular white guy. You've always been. You're like Gary. You're like it's to me. It was like you were like a young Gary Cooper or a or a, or a Jimmy Stewart. Like you were. Classier and like no, but you know what I mean. Tell, it's, it's pretty it's, easy it's, to it's, mistake those two guys for regular white guys. I mean, well, they're no, movie here's stars. The thing, but, but here's the thing: but they're like, but they were plain spoken men. They were just plain spoken mm-hmm. men, especially Jimmy Stewart. But it was that thing of like, you, you, your your dress wasn't funny. It was cool. You were like around the time of Elvis Costello and Marshall Crenshaw. Like you. You had a thing that was like, that is smart, man. That is, no one's doing that. And you're not, and it didn't seem ironic. And it didn't seem like you were like, uh, I'm a 50s guy or I'm a 40s guy. It just naturally fit you. And I always thought it elevated you in a different way than your peers because it seemed um, like you could pull off something that other guys look like, the other guys wear suits. They look like they're, they look like they need to go to a bank. It's dressing up to go to church. Well, I do feel like in San Francisco, I could be that, like, this is a cool, you're doing a cool thing and that's a cool suit. But I, but when you talk about it not feeling like a costume or a gimmick or something, I feel like when I would get out in clubs out in the country, sometimes it would look to them, they couldn't tell the difference between a David Byrne art school kind of a band and a a weird kind of kooky, just trying Devo band, right? Like they don't, they don't, they don't get like the, these guys are really having a goof, and this guy has got style, right? Know? But it didn't matter because you, it was a signature. It's like a signature where you're like, that's the thing people remember. Well, that's part of what we we'll remember. If you don't have an act, no one's going to remember or care. But like, so you, on top of the fact that you have a, your act matched the whole thing. Like it's a, it's a brand. It was like a brand. It really is a brand. Like you had the Jake know, Johansson I hate brand that being the brand, but. Uh, I sort of feel like, so. Anyway, you were you were like you got to get back to that look, and I said, okay, well, you come over and look at my closet. I don't know if you've seen what I've worn on Letterman the past few years, or or those kind of looks, and and what I would wear to more of a regular show. But but I mean, it wasn't out of the ordinary what I was wearing at that show. Right. But it was kind of a like I'm part of a thing with a bunch of other people, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna dress like a nice version of my hanging out outfit. But yeah. but I do. There is a part of me. That if I had to defend myself, if if I if I wore what you saw me wearing all the time, which was like jeans and a nice yeah. shirt, um, I would say, well, it's subversive. It's subversive to look like one of them and then not be one of them, sort of. Because while while this guy at the school benefit thinks I'm a generic white guy, if he watched the whole show, there's some stuff that I'm saying that is not what those guys say. Right. Um, but I would argue that, like, so... 
on some level, Louis done that because Louis could walk on a construction site pre-fame and somebody go, you forgot your fucking helmet. Yeah, you know yeah, no. Mean? Well, look, he's yeah, he's right? the ultimate he's, subversive. He, like he's right? wearing jeans and a t-shirt. Yeah, right. And he's, he's not. That guy. Yeah, but but um, I I I still think though that like it your your thing set you up for. It's just hard to explain. Plus, a lot of people can't pull off clothes like that. That's the other thing. You're lucky. Like some people just have a look that works with that, where you go that you can wear that anywhere. Even if you did a dress down version of it, even if you wore of like a vintage flannel and a pair of gabardine slacks and like you know what I mean like a like you don't have to wear a tie every time, but like mm-hmm. if it was stylized, if it was forties looking, you could pull off that look anywhere you went. Any version of it, any mm-hmm. the casual version of forties, but you can pull it off in such a way that it sets you apart because you're so much better than almost every comedian. There's no reason you need. I'm, I can. I. I don't like to. I feel like I'm out there offering a quality product. No, I mean, it's my a, show it's is a, as it's strong. Above, it's it's as strong. It's as good a time as you have at a comedy show. But but I don't feel like I'm not in a competition with everybody. I feel like we're all in a we're in a right. we're all in a brother. But you are in a you are in. I need subscribe you to get subscribers for for people to subscribe to you. They can only put a hand. You know what? I've never taken the chain wallet off when I go do stand up. In the shouldn't. act, I talk well, about because it. you've got a punk. You've got a punk rock. I'm dressed up to go to my job right. as my punk rock. Right, guy. which is interesting sort of because rock, when I right? play, yeah, right, like vaguely rockabilly punk rock. But when I play my band, I wear sweaters and slacks. Uh-huh. Like the band wears sweater, sweaters and slacks, period. Sometimes we're on the road, we wear jeans, but we wear sweaters. What if it's hot? It, we sweat. That's it. It's part of the That's thing. classic old school. I do love the guy yeah. just sweating we just balls sweat out up. in a suit. Like, I'm doing a workout. Those rock stars. Yeah. Oh, I went to see what? Who's the guy from uh, the replacements? Um, Paul Westberg. Yes, I went to see him at uh, the Fillmore one time, fifteen years ago, and the guy came out in practically a tux. And while he was playing, he's playing the guitar, and there's sweat. It was like a hose was running out the end of his sleeve, like water, right. like like not just a drip, but like a flow of water out of his jacket. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But he didn't take the jacket off. I, You know what? We, it's I like, the, how do you... What I do keep you... the sweater on the whole time. It's merino wool, so it's as thin as it can be, but it's got the R block R sewn onto it, and we have patches on the back. And I'm like, this is what I do. I'm Where do you go? Business. Is that machine washable? I mean, how do you? Yeah, get I got a bunch of them, and they're kind of crappy. This so I can throw them away. You know, uh-huh. like you buy some cheap twenty-four dollar black sweater, and you put a mm-hmm. patch on it, and it looks good. And I sweat through it because that's our thing. And people come to our shows, and they wear sweaters. And yeah. you're like, you know what? This is what I do for this. This is only forty-five minutes of my life. We don't even play longer than forty-five minutes. Uh-huh. And and I'm sweaty. I'm gonna be super fucking sweaty. And the shirt underneath it's gonna be see-through by the time it's done. And it'll be whatever it is. But it, it's what it's what this it's what it. It's what it needs. That's what, what I we've... thought. I, when I saw Paul Westerberg, it was like, that's his workout outfit. Mm-hmm. That guy, he's doing yeah. a work, he's doing a cardio workout oh, yeah. in a tux. Oh, yeah. yeah. Were, I mean, they, when they, towards the end of their career, they would come out in all, bla- all plaid suits. And they'd play mm-hmm. the whole show in these terrible plaids, which you know were made out of horrible fibers and all that kind of stuff. But I think it matters now because there's just so many people and every single bit of it counts the font on your fucking website like it just matters a little bit that there's some continuity linking you to what you do I so want people be... go that's the Jake brand and you, I... the thing is is you have it you but have I don't... it figured out so fast 
It's inside of me, but I, yes. I do. I'm ready to. I'm ready to embrace this idea. I wanted you to come over, and here's what I'm thinking. We'll go up and look at my closet. Yeah. And uh, you can kind of we'll take this up and we can record a little bit of that. But then I think we might want to just repeat that conversation. Yeah. In a condensed I, version. Here's my thing. I'm like I'm not a big fan of like making people over, and I don't know. Like I just arrived at my own thing. I just as a fan of yours. I sort of, I sort of, I was a little sad when it when it, when it went away. Well, I got tw- you I grew got- your hair long, like it was different. And I, I had I don't long know, hair. If you guys, for reference, if you can find, I don't think the Comedy Tonight one is around anymore. If you can find the Comedy, Tonight I have the shoes that I wore in that. That's happened. a green sharkskin. Was that a big night for you? Some, that was a big night for the it time was, of my that, career. You it was a big night. The Comedy Tonight thing, I wore a green sharkskin suit. Yes. And these yellow patent. I still have the yellow patent leather shoes that yeah. I can show you in the yeah. museum of shoes that I have. Yeah. Um, I but, remember uh, standing in my kitchen at my parents' house and seeing you and going, holy shit. I mean, and of course, the jokes is what I laughed at. But then I was like, yeah. he didn't look like, and no offense to him, but you didn't look like Leno. You didn't look like any of those other guys that just made it seem so square to me. You know? Yeah, I but saw I think- Brad, I, no offense to Brad Garrett, who's actually a guy, when I see I, but he's very nice to me and I, I think he's funny. I went and saw him in college, and halfway through, I walked through, and I went, I fucking hate this, and walked out. Like, I was just not ready for comedy. Right. But I think that there certainly was, when I kind of got successful, there were probably people who were feeling like, oh, well, that's a lot of that is just the way that he looks. And, and But anyway, I, I didn't, you know, I got the LASIK surgery, and I could have kept glasses. Mm-hmm. That so I because I was a guy with glasses I could have kept the glasses and I did have a pair of glasses made that just had glass in them and I because I considered it yeah and then I thought well this is I'm gonna feel fake if I do that I'm right gonna feel, I'm gonna be like a guy wearing a toupee right so I can't I'm a guy who doesn't need glasses now so I'm not gonna keep wearing the glasses sure. and then the same with the suits I felt like people in comedy clubs. Started dressing. The audience started dressing down. I want to be dressed better than them, but I don't want to be dressed so much like I'm not them. But let's go look at my yeah. stuff, and then uh, and then we can ha- talk more. Okay, we're back live. Yeah. So, do you know where I got that tie? No. This tie? No. It was okay. So tell them what it looks like. It's a beautiful, it's got to be, it's silk, it's got to be from the... I think 40s. From the 40s. Fat. Not too fat, but pretty fat. But it's got a It's got a horse's head in a... Uh, do you post stuff? Yeah, I can take a picture, picture of that tie. It's, it's maybe the, one of the best ties I've ever seen. It's a pretty great tie. It was part of a collection that I received as a gift in the 80s from Rob Schneider. God. Oh, he's a collector of vintage clothes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we, a, we were both uh, kind of into similar that's stuff. Right. yeah. But his thing was like, I'm not going to wear these ties. You want these ties? I bought them, and they're not, I've decided I'm they're not in my strike zone. So, so he gave right. me that tie. He would wear the old vintage cowboys stuff and dress yeah. like Elvis. Yeah. Yeah, I would love to see Rob. I remember that story about him going to Japan and doing an Elvis impersonation thing. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, yeah, that tie is part of it. It was made into a giant thing that was part of my set that was hanging in the living room that I just showed you after right. we looked in my closets where good uh, news good news bad news now the good news is it's all there the good news is that the, is that the Jake that I remember is in that closet and then on the wall of his house is his life calling him back to him saying this is how 
this is how I become Gaffigan. This is how I become Regan. Is that people remember me because I have a solid image that I have a, that people go, "That's that guy." I'm not going to become them. That's I'm going to become me. That's I'm no, going to become the me from you're before. Already, I'm yeah. going to turn in. I, all I have to do is go in the phone booth. I've got that stuff Come on back. underneath yeah. this stuff. Yeah, the act has always been great. It's always been amazing. But it's just that is a very good look for you. And a lot of guys can't pull this out without. Too many guys would wear this and they would, it would look ironic. You put it on and it looked. It look, you're, you're saying a you, little more dress up, little more a dress little up. bit quirky though. You got to wear the the yeah. shirt that's not the exact dress shirt, or you can. You're saying that with the with the pinstripe suit, I could wear. Yeah, the pinstripe you just suit. yeah. You don't have to do it all at once. You can have the pants. I always do it like this. If I do a print or something below, I do a solid on top, and vice versa. If I wear a pl- that's why I'll you know put the flannel on on top. I just wear jeans on the bottom. I won't clash it up. But I got to put something on. I wear a wrist cuff. I wear a thing like you know. I know. But here's the deal: you're wearing a thing right now that is very stylish, mm-hmm. and you can walk down the street and you look like a guy who's got style who's walking down the street. If I put on some of that stuff in my closet, I look like a guy who's on his way to do a show, and that. <laughs> But we're only asking you to wear that when you are doing a show. Maybe, so maybe I have to do a thing where I, I show up at yeah. the club and then I change into that outfit. Or, you know what I mean? Like if I was going to go do a show, if I was going to do that show I at think Largo. from the hotel to there, you could make it back. Yeah, but you in town. I'm talking about like in town. Like we were talking about going oh, yeah. to do a show at the Meltdown. I can't wear that pink dictator Absolutely. suit. Absolutely. To Not the, the suit. I can't. I can't. I can't go to the. I can't go to the Chipotle. I have to go to the Chipotle in my oh, regular yes, clothes. Yes, you can go to the Chipotle. Then, Here's the thing. So? Well, first off, I don't know why you keep going to Chipotle. I love it there. <laughs> I do too. I love Chipotle. Will we go to Chipotle after this? Is there one? Yeah, here? we can. There is there one love, here? <laughs> there's one. We're on Earth, Greg. <laughs> this show takes place on Earth. But I think I think that it. it uh, I think you can. I think you can find it. I think it's just like that. It's that confidence of knowing that like. There's nobody like you. Like, look, here's the thing, you know. I fucking paint my fingernails. I have a mohawk sometimes. This is once I don't, once I do Oprah in a week, when I come back, this is going to be red and green for Christmas, you know, and I'll shave You're not the going sides mohawk all the way for down. Oprah? I'm going to let it grow like this. I'm going to, this is, you're going mean, to be blonde, mo- you're gonna be blonde mo- mohawk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Christmas themed one doesn't, I don't need to go Christmas themed on Oprah. But my therapist actually said, are you going to dress it up a little bit? And I said, no, I'm not going to go disingenuous and do it again because I hated what I wore the first time. But you could, to, you could wear what you've got on and put a sport coat that's on what I'm gonna, if I'm you gonna, want to. I'm going to do it and I'll wear a sport coat. I'm going to wear a flannel and rolled up jeans. That's just who I am. That's who's giving you the same advice. If I don't go out there and act like who I am, then people are yes, going to go. Yes, that's right. They'll, and my friends will go, you're doing it again. You're going through that thing you did went through before. Why aren't you doing it differently this time? You're getting another chance to do it. You know, uh, will my fingernails be painted? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. It all depends on when I, you know, whether I decide to do it or not. Uh, it, it, it depends, you know, because I will come back and get them painted red and green for Christmas as well. I think so, maybe you should. Well, I do like the idea, especially since it's a book. It's an advice book, your new book, mm-hmm. which I mentioned the last time when yeah. you were on, on the phone. The uh, It's just a fucking date. Mm-hmm. Um, coming on the heels of... of He's just not that into you. On the heels, how many years later? Ten. Decade. Yeah. Yes. Well, those Decade. some big heels. Right. Um, but uh, but the great thing about you going 
the way you really are now mm-hmm. is you're the same guy. It's just the last time you dressed up as if like if you I need to dress how the person you think you're getting this advice comes from. But the reality That's is right. it might be good for you, America, who's listening to me yeah. to understand that this is the way the person who you're taking advice from really looks. This right. is this is I'm the same guy. Right. I just didn't wear this on the show the last time. Right. I'm the exact same guy. And you'll be less surprised when you come see me do stand up because I look like my act. This a, is what my act and looks and like. B, Maybe you'll cut some slack to the to the guy who looks like this that you see in the street who you were judging before. You know, right. you, you, it turns out right. you're taking advice from a guy who looks just like that guy. Right. So I think it's, I think, yeah, I think you never are of service if you are underestimating yourself or giving yourself less than what you would do normally. Or those days where you go, now this feels great. And you go, like, that's what I got to do. That's why I don't like like, really doing makeovers with somebody. I'm like, look, I'm not going to tell you how to feel. I'm going to tell you what I thought was cool. And also because... That's, you know, I'm also, as I said to you earlier, I'm not just a friend. I'm, I'm a fan. Like, I'm a genuine. I've seen all your specials. I Before I knew you, I told someone the other day, I go, I sometimes can't believe I'm, I, I still can't believe sometimes I'm friends with Jake. Like, I'm going to his house, you know, because I had, you know, I, uh, I, you know, I was a big fan. Well, we could hang. We could actually hang out in a in a like you've got daughters. I've got a daughter. Yeah, right. This I mean, is a could, thing that could happen. It could happen. I met your wife. She's lovely. You, you can know. tell us all what to wear. I mean, I get we'll... everyone dressed up. We're going to do photos. <laughs> yeah, I'm like that. But if I had to boil down your um, advice into a nutshell, it would be kind of like dress up more like you used to when you were doing a show. Dress, don't be yes. afraid to to dress up like you're doing a no, show. No, be Jake. And my thing was, I kind of had drifted down this road of. I had let the show clothes kind of drift into my life and become more of a like I'm just a I'm just a person who has a little bit of taste and and maybe so maybe what I really have to do to therapeutically get through this mm-hmm. is to to dress a little more like in my show when I'm in my real life. Yes. And uh, try and make those things me. Yeah, maybe weed some of the too. real life clothes and trust out. Me, there's like you know like, cuz every- I'm just wearing a t-shirt. Yeah. And jeans right now, so maybe I shouldn't be doing that. Well, I, so I, look, you have to feel good about it. But the thing about it is is that, that, that your first instinct when you started was to wear a, a, a lime green uh, a, a shark skin suit. So that's you. That's your decision. That's the thing that lives in you that's like, this is going to be the coolest fucking thing. When I put this on, I'm not going to look like Robin Williams. I'm not going to look like Bobby Slayton. I'm going to be different than all those guys. Nobody looks like this. Maybe David Byrne. I'm going to go out and I'm going to do this thing and people are going to... And you were right. You were 100% right because people were like, that, uh, we need Jake. We got to get Jake. That's the guy we want. You know. And I think sometimes after a while, you've been carrying this around for a long time. We all do this. You do your act for a long time and you're like... Oh, those clubs are so dirty and they're gross, and I don't need to dress up for this. I'll just feel weird. There's wire chairs. Well, and, I wanted to dress up like nicer that. than the crowd, but I, t- I feel like I wasn't really... Uh, but, I, maybe I just need to t- be a little less nonchalant about it. it I need know, to be totally chalant. And the world went through this thing where, like, Kurt Cobain and everybody was like, we're all just like the audience. And it's like, yeah, but now when you look back at pictures of like that, like, Kurt Cobain was wearing lady sweaters, and the guys in Pearl Jam were wearing long johns under their shorts. They were never you. They were always Pearl Jam. Kurt Cobain was always Kurt Cobain. He had an idea. He pawned it off as being like everybody else, but he wasn't like anyone else. He wore lady shirts with beads and shit on them. Goldthwait started doing it. Remember when Goldthwait sort of lost a bunch of weights, started wearing cowboy hats and lady sweaters, and yeah. he sort of started doing the Cobain thing. Well, he a was bit. opening for them a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But he's got his own. He's found his thing now. You know, his whole. He's got his own little style. He's back now. to his thing. Yeah. I really, I really love Bob. I yeah. love his stand-up, and I, I just think he's just awesome as an artist. I, st- I haven't seen his movie yet. The, no, I haven't the, either. The Sasquatch movie. No, yeah. I haven't either. But he's t- and he's and that's a guy who hasn't stopped either. 
hasn't stopped like no matter what anything happens to him you know it you know he's had his career as ups and downs and divorces and things like that he just keeps making his own thing keeps me trying keeps finding a way to make movies that shouldn't be made yeah well he's got his movie thing and he's got his stand-up thing i i don't have a movie thing i just have the you were in the vicious stand-up circle. thing I was in a couple of movies. Yeah. And now, I, now, thank God, I have a little recording device. <laughs> right? <laughs> and I know how to hook it up to the yeah. Internet. Do you think Dorothy Parker would have done a podcast? She would have – that would have been an awesome podcast. Just around, just those people sitting around? I sort of wonder if someday it's not going to get to the point where everything is recorded and available at all times. Because, <laughs> right? you know, like you're doing a podcast where you're talking to your phone at bedtime. And then how how far away are we from where you can just wear a hat and live stream your life and talk? <laughs> and so people can just tune in. Like it's unedited, but you just tune into the Jake channel. And if I see in the corner of my eye that a thousand people are watching, then I start talking to them but otherwise it's like look if it doesn't go over a thousand i'm just living my life and you can watch if it goes over a thousand people then i'm going to start interacting with yeah, you. yeah i feel the need to do but that. it's just like i'm always on you can watch everything maybe i put it before i'm having sex with my wife but i'm probably going to forget i'm probably going to forget that i have the device on oh, and go ahead and make a can you imagine tape. like how many suicides i have no viewers nobody even showed up for my suicide attempt I sort of sometimes feel like I'm. I would love if more people were listening to the podcast, but enough people are listening that I'm happy. But I can't get caught up in the like what how what knob do you turn to make yourself more popular? There's not a knob that you can turn. Uh, there's one knob you can turn, and that is um, uh, not quitting and doing something long enough that it becomes a thing, and suddenly people pick up on it. Like here's the thing: nothing has happened in my career in the last ten years, but my ticket sales are starting to go up. Mm-hmm. Why? I don't know. Maybe I'm well, around and I, maybe I, maybe I, maybe I'm nostalgia for some people, but suddenly people want to come see me again and I haven't done anything to change that. If anything, I've done not enough. I haven't well, made the a podcast, special. The podcast is a thing. You're out there and that's a way that people but, can connect to you. Yeah, but they're, but they're not those people. I ask people, I'm like, how many people, how many people follow me on Twitter? Nobody claps. I'm like, I, where are you coming from? They're just, they saw my thing. They saw a name like they, mm-hmm. it's just sometimes the universe just, if you just stay here and don't quit. You know, the universe has – there's a great Jewish saying. It's uh, God has uh, three answers, yes, no, and I've got something better planned. And it's like that thing of like, you know, I should wait Two to of see them what are the good answers. is. Right? Two of them are good answers. <laughs> right, yeah. No, it's not a great one. It's not great. I mean, nobody likes hearing it. But oftentimes that you get knowed and it turns out to be no because I have something better planned. That's it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I think some no's are, are mistakenly misread as no. But that's the thing that I always say about show business, too, is that it's it's one of the few businesses that you can't get fired from. Like, you can get fired from a lot of jobs. But in, in show business, stand-up comedy, you have to quit. You but have to say, look, I'm not going to do I'm not gonna do it anymore. I refuse. Right. I quit. Right. If you don't quit, you're still in it. Right. And the other thing is, every once in a while, you just have to do a refresher for everybody. You have to just turn the notch up a little bit. you got to change the color of the website. you got to, like, you know, that, that's why fucking the, everyone wants a brand new iPhone. They change the colors. They added a thing. There's a new thing. Every once in a while, you got to just add your, you just got to change. I didn't fall you know, for that. Turn it back up. You know, you got to turn it back on and and, mm-hmm. and bring it back a little bit. You know, everyone was delighted when the Pixies came back at the right time. You know, they just they were around. They did they didn't do their thing, and then they came back. Everyone was happy to see them. Every once in a while, you just have to go away for a little bit to come back, and everyone's like, "Oh my God, I remember you." I tried the Pixies a couple of times, and and I, That's all right. and I feel I felt repelled by them. Yeah, I felt I, like they didn't want me to try them. I mean, look, they have a yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's a thing that they're doing. I get that it's a yeah. thing that they're doing. Yeah, you don't have you're anything either, personal you're against it. Down with Frank Black's program, or you're not. Like, it's either a thing you like, or you're like, you know, I'm good. 
I bought one of their albums. I have to say, Pixies, I, I really tried, and I and I wouldn't say anything bad. I wouldn't say they're bad. I just say they're not my, my get, they're I, not my cup of Pixie. Plenty of bands I'm like that. There's yeah. a plenty of bands. I'm probably the I'm the guy that I I I you know I can listen to a Radiohead song somewhere, but I'm not going to go put on a whole disc. I just can't yeah. do it. It's not for me. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't make them bad. In fact, in fact, no one's going to think that. No, it doesn't make them bad. In fact, if you tried to say that they were bad. That would be trouble, right? Right, but right. that's how we're we're not saying that. Anyway, um, we're going to go eat now, right? Yeah, we're going to go to Chipotle. Okay, so we don't have to go to Chipotle, but I we love may Chipotle. go. To, I do too. Now let's just I go do there. too. They why know we, me why there. Pretend. And uh, I'll tell you my thing that I say because you don't listen to podcasts. Right. Say so you don't listen to podcasts, and I, I have a heart. You can't listen to all of them. I just kind of listen sometimes. But so you haven't listened, so you don't know. One of the things that I say is, "Don't give up. There'll be plenty of time to give up later." <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to this episode. And thank you very much to my guest, Greg Barrett, for coming over to my house and uh, hanging out that uh, afternoon. It was a pretty good time, I have to say. And I look forward to hopefully Greg will come over again. We We did not go to Chipotle. We went to another place and had a different thing. I think we both had some kind of a a nice turkey sandwich. Next time. Next time, Chipotle, old friends. They're not a sponsor. I don't have any sponsors. I do, actually. I'm the sponsor. And so on behalf of myself, I would like to thank you on behalf of yourselves for showing up this week. Um, For the Jake This and Jake Johansson podcast, it's Thanksgiving, so give some thanks to yourself for everything that you've got. I say thank you to you for listening to the show. I'm enjoying doing it. I hope you're enjoying listening to it. If, you, if you're not, you, you, come on, you can punch out. Really, seriously, it won't hurt my feelings. But if you are enjoying it, I really appreciate it. And if you wouldn't mind, if you'd like to also help me out a little bit, you could go on iTunes and give it a positive uh, review and a rating, and that would be uh, that would be sweet. It would really help me out. It would it would well? I don't know if it would really help me out, but it would be a nice thing to do, and it makes a difference. It makes then then other people see oh somebody like this, and then they might listen to it, and then the next thing you know, we have an army, and then what do we do? Well. I'm taking suggestions. You can email me at jake at jakethis.com. You can tweet to me at jakethis. Um, you can just look at my website and lurk there. Um, and uh, thank you very much. Happy Thanksgiving. I'll be back next week with Nigel for a little more talking. And, you know, I already said it, so I don't need to say it. I already said the thing that I always say, and, I, and I've often now said that I always say the thing that I always say. But just in case, don't give up. It's Thanksgiving. There'll be plenty of time to give up later. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Oh, yeah, hey, it's Thanksgiving. I want to say thank you again to my good friend, Dr. Jim Raines, for this theme song. Thank you, brother.